Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. It is that time, time to lock it in. I am Zach, the host of Lineup Locked with you. And I've got two friends along the way as well. We have Lee and Matt on the line to talk a little fantasy foosball and week nine start and sit and a little Halloween fun being Hallow's Eve and all that we're going to share and talk with everyone. So first off, this is a Creator Rank podcast. If you don't, go to the website or follow on Twitter or Facebook do so just like it sounds at Creator Rank. Gentlemen, Matt, Lee, happy Halloween. What's up, guys? What's rocking? Not all Thank at once. Thank you very much. I'm just <laughs> hanging out. Prep, get ready. Get my costume ready for, for Halloween. Getting your costume ready. That's right, Lee. So you're going, your fraternity, correct, is doing a couple's, uh, couple. is it a contest or just a couple's theme? No, it's like a it's like a date event. So we all get together, like drink a little alcohol, eat some food, have some fun. And um, my date and I are going. She's a hot dog, and I'm a uh, bottle of mustard. All right. So you're not a ketchup guy. You're a mustard guy. So you learn a I lot. Actually, I'm actually a relish guy. Oh. I couldn't find a good enough relish costume. So I decided to go with a uh, good old mustard. That's because the only person that would wear a relish costume would be a complete psycho. So, they're probably... Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Matt, what's going on with you, my man? Oh, just out here living the dream, as always. Are you uh, prepared? You're taking the kids trick-or-treating tomorrow, I'm assuming? Um, I'm honestly not sure what the plan is. I'm not great at planning. So okay. <laughs> I'm sure she'll tell me what's going on tonight, so I know what to prepare for. I work until like 5.30, and then kid goes to bed at like 7-ish. Oh. So you got like a 15-minute sure candy window? Man in the household. So you got like a 15-minute candy window. I dig it. I dig it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> the agenda for, for me tomorrow is, first off, they always have a costume contest at work. And, you know, I'm a big Halloween party guy. I My wife and I are blessed to where we have a quite a plethora of friends so there's always like two or three halloween parties in the month of october one happened when we were italy so we didn't go to but we actually had two this past weekend so i did kind of the dress up thing and i have a lot of raunchy friends so it's always a lot of fun but on work my i really can't wear my costumes because they're really not work appropriate so literally i'm gonna go to the gym after we record this pod tonight and my costume for tomorrow spoiler alert if any work people are listening i am literally going to be a breadwinner I'm going to buy a little trophy that says winner and a loaf of bread. And that's going to be my costume. So it's pretty lame. It's very lame, actually. But uh, hopefully you'll get at least one snicker. And then, uh, you, know, you know, the boys are old enough. Our boys, well, they'll do their own thing. So my wife and I are going to take turns playing Luigi's Mansion on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, each alternate passing out candy as 
uh, the children to come to our door. It's a big ordeal in our neighborhood. So uh, we've got the candy locked, loaded, and ready to go. Last year we handed out glow sticks, which is pretty cool, and uh, we and, and Molly's as well. No, I'm just kidding, not Molly's, but we did hand out uh, we did hand out glow sticks, which was pretty cool. So I'm intrigued to see what my wife's got up her sleeve. She's uh, she's all about it, about it. So so good times. So on with the podcast and the plan for today. So first off, with it being Halloween, I wanted to kind of be festive. I'm a festive guy, so we're gonna talk about. According to Rolling Stones, five top horror movies real quick. We're going to touch on them and get your thoughts on that. Also, uh, Matt and I did not do a waiver pod this week, kind of because waivers kind of suck this week. It's really just uh, streaming or planning for super later because of a stretch schedule. So we're going to touch on some of our favorite streamers. And then, of course, get to what the people want, which is the starting and sitting. And Lee and Matt are also going to have a quick segment about players you should probably try to sell right now and trade away, and a few players you should try to buy. Because either they've been underperforming and a breakout's on the way, or their schedule is just too darn good to pass up. So first off, as far as the Twitter goes, I mentioned at the beginning, you can follow us at CreateARank on Twitter, Facebook, and CreateRank.com for the website. And of course, these fine gentlemen and myself are all on Twitter as well. Lee is at Dynasty Dingo, Matt is at Matt Reller, and I am at TechmoZach. So on to it. So I found this article today. So first off, Lee, I'm going to ask you, um, I know that you're a little bit younger than Matt and I, so are you a fan of horror movies, or is it kind of a genre that's not really, I know it's lost its lack of, it's it's kind of not as lustrous as it was the last 15, 20 years as it used to be. Is it something that interests you? Have you seen some of the older movies? How is your uh, your take on the horror movie genre just in general, Lee? Yeah, so I actually, I really do enjoy a good, a good horror movie. Okay. Uh, my dad and I are big, big movie guys. So cool. Like, over the summer especially, we'll go to about a movie a week, if not more. So I've seen, I've seen him a lot of the newer horror movies and then I've seen some of the classics. So I'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely have to see which of these on the list that I actually know, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get a couple of them at least. So if you were to name your top horror film that has scared the crap out of you, that was a good movie, which, what would that be? Put um, you on the spot. I, it's, it's tough because there's a couple good ones. Just of the classics, I guess, Silence of the Lambs, like, that's a crazy, that's an absolutely absurd movie. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'll probably say that. Like, that, like, I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago, and it just blew my mind. I, I just couldn't believe it. And it's just a really good movie. Exactly. Yeah, not spoil, not to spoil it for anyone who's a listener who hasn't seen Silence of the Lambs, but the ending of the movie is one of the more intense things I've ever seen in my life, period. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you can't see anything, you don't know what's going on, it's so well filmed, it's, it's phenomenal. What about you, Matt? Uh, are you a fan of the genre? I'm not a huge horror movie guy, um, just usually around this time of year I'll pop one or two on that either I know or haven't seen yet but have wanted to, and it's only really around this time of year that I actually do it. So. <laughs> okay, is there a go-to or, or not? Um... Not necessarily a go-to, but one that, especially, like, the first time I saw it, even though I had seen the classic, was the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. With Jessica Biel? Messed me up for a while. Yeah, with Jessica Biel. 
That was really that was good, by the way, wasn't it? It was really creepy yeah. too. Man, it was real creepy. Me personally, uh, thirty-seven. I'm really a big fan of Jason Voorhees movies, and they're terrible. But I really, really, really like them a lot more than I probably should. Like I geeked out when that Friday the Thirteenth video game came out like two years ago. It was a uh, you know it was a fun time, fun time. But uh, that's those are some of my favorite. Uh, surprisingly enough, the Friday the Thirteenth movies did not make the top five. So let's get down to it. So, <laughs> so number five, according to Roller St- Rolling Stone, of uh, the top five horror movies of all time, number five rated is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So good job, Matt. It was actually the, you had the remake, but the original is on there. And uh, wow, the original is good too. I just that new one. They made a couple of tweaks that made it more sketchy to me. Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I did like it a lot. It freaked me out more, I think, because they made it seem yeah. like real footage and, and everything else. But yeah. I can't argue with it. What about what about you, Lee? Is, does this belong on the list, or you think it's all right? Number five sound about right to you? Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds pretty good to me. I mean, I think I saw that a few years ago, too, and it, it wasn't didn't have as, leave as big of an impression on me as um, Sounds of the Lambs, but definitely a solid, solid movie. Yeah, it's, it's a good one, man. And what's funny is a lot of individuals... It, this is a, not a true story, but it's based on a true story that's completely different. It's actually based on two kids who ran away from their uh, church school, right? And they were apparently abandoned their vehicle, and apparently some dude killed them and stuffed them. And like a taxidermist, who was just crazy. And uh, there was also a, a guy in Texas, this happened in Texas, there was also a man in Texas who would dig up graves and eat people. So they just combined both stories, apparently, kind of, and kind of made it to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So fun fact, and uh, disturbing fact for anybody who was interested in that. Number four, the movie Halloween, the original, which uh, I think is, that's a darn good movie. I, I like this franchise as well. I even kind of enjoyed the the remake that they made not too long ago. Matt, have you seen Halloween before? Are you in agreement on this list, my man? I have, and I typically watch Halloween 1 and 2 back-to-back because they pick up, like, on the exact same night. They do. It's great. What about you, Lee? Is this one you've seen? Yeah, I've seen a really good... I probably actually maybe even had a little higher. I really like this one. I mean, I don't like it as much, I guess, but it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it's creepy. The Boogeyman, man. Boogeyman will get you. Number three on this list, this is a this is an Alfred Hitchcock flick, and this is a darn good one, man. Um, Psycho. It, this is an oldie. They even did a remake. Remake not as good. Not bad. The remake came out like in the 90s. But uh, it's, it's an interesting story about, well, just a psycho, pretty much. Lee, have you seen Psycho? Yeah, Psycho is... um. Oh no, I haven't seen Psycho actually. Yeah, Psycho. Thinking of a different movie. The Bates yeah. Motel. Oh no, yeah, I have. No, yeah, I have. Norman Bates. Yeah, yeah the so Bates Motel. It. Yeah, it's um, a. Yeah, definitely, definitely interesting, interesting uh, movie. I, it didn't scare me as much, I guess. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but also like a classic, obviously. So pretty solid. Oh yeah, it's just Alfred Hitchcock at his best. If you're a fan of like film, like that, just it's just it's just a really well made movie too for that time frame. What about you, Matt? Are you a fan of Psycho? I'm a fan of Hitchcock in general. I've seen most of his stuff, and this one, 
for whatever reason, like, I get that it's always talked about as this really good movie. I just didn't like it. And then <laughs> the remake, they had Vince Vaughn yeah. in Norman Bates. And I like Vince Vaughn too much as a funny guy that I just skipped it. Because I was like, I didn't like the movie anyway. Now we got Vince Vaughn trying to do it, so hard pass. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair. Uh, uh, number two on the list of the top five scariest movies of all time has a sequel that actually came out today. This number. This movie is The Shining, and this movie probably terrified me more than any movie I've ever seen. I'm, if, if I'm going to be completely honest, this movie scared the crap out of me, and uh, I will never, never unsee old lady in the bathtub. Ever. It just, it, uh, oh gosh. So I, are we all in agreement that this belongs in the top two? Easily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stephen course. King. This is it. This is his masterpiece. I mean, it's good, but this is just it's, phenomenal. It's creepy on just so many levels. To me, the twins in the hallway always gets me in. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. I went to a Halloween party, and my the, the couple hosting, he was Danny, she was one of the twins, and her identical sister was the other twin. And it was pretty creepy. They did a good job. Yeah, they well played. Yeah, there was no pools of blood, and, and I would not look in the bathtub anytime I had to go pee. So And uh, number one, I actually, uh, number one on the list is, honestly, this movie's like number one on every list. So... I don't disagree with it. I'm not personally a fan of the movie. I went to Catholic church as a kid with a Catholic school as well. So uh, the religion the religion aspect of horror is kind of maybe too real for me. So I don't I, – I, it's something I kind of just want to avoid. But it's The Exorcist is number one. And uh, I think I think rightfully so. It's purely terrifying. Um, would, you, would you guys agree, Matt? Do you agree with that? Yes. I actually have a story about this one. I was either a freshman or sophomore in college. And me and my roommate, who were like randomly assigned, we got along really well. But it was Halloween night. It was probably midnight, and he threw on the Exorcist. And I don't think I slept for literally the next two days. That movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. Oh, it's terrifying. It definitely belongs here. Yeah, Lee. Lee, is this one you've checked out? Oh, oh my God, yes. I, I didn't want to say that. It's not really too cliche. Yeah. But, oh yeah, like this is. I think this might have been the first horror movie I've ever, I ever saw. Oh, it's rough. And, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's rough. Talk about baptism by fire, bro. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough watch. Well, I think I think it's a good list overall, gentlemen. So uh, pitter patter, pitter patter. Yeah, good job. Good job. So on to the foosball. Let's talk about waivers real quick, and then we're going to talk about buy and sell, okay? So uh, I'm actually going to start with you, Lee, and because, see, I seem to have all of the names, so we're going to share. with. Uh, we're going to go, go a little different this time. So, Lee, um, are there any names for streaming or waivers or just kind of a Hail Mary pickup that might be a few weeks on the line relevant that you want the listeners to know about? Um, I actually was gonna let you go first, and then and then piggyback off you, but because I don't really have anyone right now. Okay, that's fine. I, uh, that's fine. I don't mind doing it. Go, and maybe I'm gonna do a little do a little digging, and then I'll see if I find anyone that I really like. Hey, that works, my man. What about you, Matt? You want me to go first? No, I can do a couple. Okay. Um, if you need a spot start, I don't love it, but 
sounds like Jalen Samuels is going to be kind of the dude for Pittsburgh. Um, so he could be a nice, hey, I got a bunch of dudes on by and I need a running back. Here you go. This could work out. Um, other than that, it's kind of just a bunch of streamers. Like, I would want to pick up Hawkinson if I needed a tight end or um, certain defenses. You might want to target, which we might talk about later. Right. Okay. What do you got? Well, what I have is, first off, it it pains me because it's not pretty, but if you're in desperate need for a running back, we keep talking about him, the Miami running back, Mark Walton. He's still only 11.6% owned. Um, Obviously, he's not the most talented, but the usage is there. And at this point of the season... I mean, sometimes that's all that you need, right? If they get hot and they figure it out, you, n- you never know. Um, he could luck into a touchdown. I, his floor is probably four or five, and that might also be his ceiling, too. It's not. It's it's certainly flex play. If this is your RB1 or RB2, you're in trouble. But um, it certainly could be worse, right? You could have had a Detroit Lion running back into your lineup. Um, if also, RB1 or two, you better be in like a 2014 <laughs> So another guy that I don't necessarily love, uh, especially for this week, and he's he probably already got picked up off waivers today, and that's Drake. He was actually available in two of the six leagues I'm in from, from owners that just frustratingly dropped him and that weren't savvy enough to pick him up over the weekend. So do some digging. If he's there, it might be worth a speculative ad. San Francisco, I'm not playing a running back anyway against them. But it's uh, he might do something, so it's it's worth having there. Uh, a chance one one guy that there's a chance that was dropped because of his bye week is Henderson Gurley's backup. Uh, they're pretty much splitting time right now, and I don't care if market I don't care if Brown comes back or not. Gurley just ain't a hundred percent right, and Brown quite frankly isn't either. So let's go with the young guy who's got the juice. That's the kind of guy I want as, an, as a stash lottery ticket on my bench. So I think Henderson's good. I did have Mostert on the list, but it looks like Breida's going to play. So I don't like that. If for some reason on Thursday uh, it's announced that Matt Breida, for whatever reason, is not playing, which it looks like he's going to, but I would absolutely scoop up Mostert or Wilson, whichever one is playing, because you're guaranteed a good amount of fantasy points. They'll give you flex appeal for sure. Uh, just the way San Francisco runs. Like you said, Matt, Jalen, Jalen Samuels is a guy that's on my list for obvious reasons. AJ Brown, not pretty last week, but got a touchdown. He's still available. And then other than that, it's just tight ends, man. Dallas Goddard, Jonu Smith, uh, Fells, they're, they're all getting it done. Just which one has the best, best matchup and stream. Uh, a wide receiver that is way too low for me, he's only 11% owned as of right now, is Deontay Johnson on the Steelers. Go pick this dude up, man. He's balling. He needs to be he needs to be owned. He's he's going to get the job done and just keep improving. And then three quarterbacks to mention before I give it over to Lee is I love Tannehill and I love Darnold for this next few weeks for the schedule they got. And if you're looking for somebody that might be a sneaky, sneaky quarterback add, especially for the fantasy playoffs, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. His schedule is a cakewalk towards the end. And oh, by the way, he was the number one fantasy quarterback over the weekend as well. 
Lee, anything you wanted to add, sir? No, I think you covered most of them. And just like, it's a pretty ugly waiver wire um, at the moment. Just one guy I'll touch on, I guess. Or two, two situ- one situation and a guy is one Everett. He's been pretty up and down so far. Um, if you if you have the luxury of being able to hold him on his buy, I think you should do that. Just because especially with Cooks out now, they have been looking his way a little bit. And the amount of times that I've seen Gerald Everett open and Goff miss him is, I don't even know if I can count it, it, it at least five. At least five like would, would be touchdowns that, I, that I've seen like Goff overthrow him. So I think eventually Goff will figure it out. They'll develop a little more chemistry. And I think that Everett's a pretty good option at, at, in a pretty weak tight end, uh, tight end group. And then I personally really don't want any part of the Lions' backfield. No. Because even, even when Carrion Johnson was playing, he was by far the talent, most talented running back of the group right now, or would be if he was healthy. Um, that group, is just they just have not run the ball well at all. Like, I guess you can make the case that Carrion did get the goal line work and he benefited from those touchdowns. And I'm not even sure who that'll be at this point because they have been throwing the ball at the goal line a lot. So for now, I don't want, I would hold on to like maybe Trey Carson since he's the biggest of the backs and um, as well as Ty, but it kind of seems like McKissick's a drop for me at the moment. I agree. I agree. Try, try, it was, is 100% to me. If there's one I want to own, that's the one. And, I kind of want to watch it one more one more week before I would trust him in my lineup. I would definitely play Walton over him, and that doesn't feel very good either. So, so good job. So, before we get into start and sits, let's touch just briefly on some players to buy and some players to sell. So, I'm going to uh, start with you, Lee, and we're going to talk about players to buy. And then, Matt, if you have anybody else after he goes, please feel free to chime in. And then we'll go to sell, and we'll start with you, Matt. So, Lee, we're going to start with you and buy. Um, right now, who's, uh, who are some key players that our listeners should be trying to trade for? Yeah. So, um, I guess the, so we did have the article come out on creator Inc and the guy that I've been touting who people, if you've been listening, you know, and if you're on Twitter, you know, but it's John Brown. Like I've, I've laid out the stats. So you guys should definitely check that out, but just, he, he's, he's got, he's super consistent. Like, he's had in PPR, he hasn't had less than nine points all season. And while he also provides that upside for you, where he's had a week where he had 25 PPR points. So, with a guy who's that safe, who can also, you know, break off for a long touchdown, and is the most heavily targeted um, player for Josh Allen. Um, and you have to keep in mind also that they've only played, I think, what is it, eight games, seven games that they had to buy it um, Yes, together. they have. So... They're still developing chemistry, and he's already the favorite target, and he should become even more targeted as Allen begins to trust him more. And so he's the guy that I really love, and I've been buying everywhere. I've been getting him in throw-ins everywhere. It's ridiculous. Nice. Like people still don't, they still don't value him as a wide receiver too, despite him being the wide receiver twenty this or twenty-one this year. And um, another guy who I, I want to look to buy is Mike Williams, actually. Um, because I think that he's been heavily underutilized in this offense, and he hasn't been used in the way that he's supposed to be used, which is on the goal line. And I think hopefully that this offensive coordinator change will really like help stockpile, um, will help catapult him into a relevant role again. Because he hasn't scored a touchdown this year, which I think is ridiculous after having ten last year. And but even even though he hasn't scored, his average depth of target is still really good. I think it's like it's hovering around. He's got like fourteen yards per per catch. Like, 
he's doing he's still playing pretty well and he's gotten a decent amount of targets. But I think they're going to look to get him more involved, especially with Keenan Allen, who looks to be struggling. Absolutely, that's a that's a good point, man. For me, uh, my number one buy player is I'm all about some Robbie Anderson. Um, I especially after his tweet last night, he tweeted the Wolf of Wall Street, um, <laughs> yeah, saying I'm not going anywhere. It's it pretty vulgar, but it's hilarious, and it seems like he's geared in and. A lot of people are worried about the chemistry of the Jets, and I don't. I think that the, the team's going to be better now. I think it's going to kind of be like, man, it's over. We're here the rest of the year. Let's prove people wrong. Everyone thinks we're going to be in disarray and not do anything. They've got a cake schedule, and I, I think that I'm not saying they're going to run the table and be a playoff contender. I just think they're going to be a competitive team, and I think the dude. We're. I think we're going to get the production that helped win people fantasy championships last year from the guy. And uh, for more than just the last two or three weeks of the season, so he's my number one guy. And probably, if it's not a like, if it's not somebody who's reading these things or listening, you can probably get him on the cheap. I actually picked him up on waivers in one league today. Go figure. So was a, that was a good day for me, Matt. Uh, for you, who are some who are some buy guys? My main guy is Derrick Henry. It's <laughs> absurd to mention a top ten running back as a buy target. I get it. However, his history of disappointing fantasy owners does make him pretty easy to obtain. Um, and he had a bad week last week as well. He did, um, so, which I called. You're welcome. Uh, you did? <laughs> I did. Um, so you could. What I did, actually, in one league is package mixing and like a wide receiver 2-3 type and got him. So... Ridiculous. Uh, you should not be able to sell Nixon. But if you can, do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as far as Henry goes, this is the time of year historically where his numbers spike. And it's not just last year. It's happened his rookie year and his sophomore year as well. Where in November, December, January, his numbers just inflate. So I think his volume is even going to increase from what it is now. And if that's true... That's going to make Tannehill's life a ton easier. Well, also, to piggyback off that, you've got a guy who's got a team with a good defense. And uh, Tannehill's completing 70% of his passes right now, so the drives are staying alive. So that's just more opportunity to run the ball. So those are all huge reasons to trade for, for sure. Any, anybody else, Matt? Um, no, not really. Okay. That's kind of my main target. So let's talk about selling then. Who's your main sell guy? If he's on your roster, you should try to get rid of him while you can. Who's who's that? Is there someone? Yeah, two guys. I just mentioned one, Joe Mixon. He's just looked bad. You, it's still close enough to his big week that you can kind of convince somebody that maybe they'll turn it around. Right. Um, and then EJ Green's coming back, so maybe you can sell him on that. The other guy is Juju. And I know his name carries the title. Thank you. No, thank you very much. Yes, sell Juju right now. Absolutely. But yeah, his target share is low. His quarterback situation is rough. Their schedule is brutal coming down the stretch. I'm trying to sell Juju everywhere I got him, which ain't very much. By the way, I thought he was going to be a dude that might disappoint you a little bit. Okay. Lee, is there anybody that you think that our listeners should sell? Yes, so um, 
I, I do hate this guy, so I'm going to bring him up. <laughs> um, if you can... If you can, I think you should sell Sony Michelle. Like, I, I brought him up a lot on the podcast, and he's he's been okay from a, from a fantasy perspective. Um, like, I think he's the running back twenty or something. But I don't know, man. Just just if you can sell him, like get out. Like the the Patriots have a much much harder schedule. Like not much harder. They're like the best team in the league. But they've had such a cakewalk of a schedule recently, so they have been pounding pounding the ball a lot. And they've gotten a ton of like carries on the one yard line where Sony's been able to capitalize. But with Burkhead healthy and James White doing what he does, like I really think Sony's gonna have a diminished role going forward. And not um, to and to and to piggyback on that too, just to give our listeners an example of what they should do, what running backs are on a bye this week? You've got Todd Gurley, you've got Devonta yep. Freeman, you've got Joe Mixon, right? So what I would do if I was a Sony Michelle owner, because I do agree, I would rather have someone else, is chances are, if someone is an owner of one of those three running backs I just mentioned, chances are that they those those guys have disappointed. I'm not saying to buy those guys per se. What I'm saying is that there aren't there they've been starting those guys and they've been losing. And they're in a situation where it's week nine and they're three and five. They're two and six. They're four and four. There's a possibility they can't lose another game or they're out of the playoffs. So you have a guy that you want to unload. What you do is attack a team that has a good player on by or just a running back in general and get one of their wide receivers. Get get something of value, just like he said. Uh, a guy like, I would absolutely trade uh, Sonny Michelle for Scary Terry straight up to a Todd Gurley owner if they had him. Like 100%. It's, it, they would think they're getting the better deal, and I think Scary Terry is going to be fine once we get past Buffalo, whether it's Haskins or not. So that's just a deal I would make. So that's that's a good that's a good plan. I think that's a good thing to do. So Lee, I'll let you continue. Sorry, I just wanted to chime in there. No, no, no. Thank you for uh, elaborating on that. My other guy, Matt, is not going to like this, but it's Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> well, I get the history. I totally understand, and I don't exa- I don't hundred percent know like the context. But I'm looking purely from a this year perspective, and it's also because I think he's gonna have two massive games coming up against Kansas City, against Carolina and Kansas City, who both have really poor fantasy run defenses. So I think you you see him blow up this week, and you sell him because after those after the bye, he plays every defense he plays is bottom bottom half of the league with, I think, two or three of them being top ten. So he's got a tough run game schedule against him, tough running game schedule, and with his limited usage in the passing game, and my belief that Tannehill probably isn't the answer and the Titans aren't really a great team, um, I'd be looking to, to cash out on Derrick Henry after he has a monster week this week. Okay. Real quick counterpoint. Last year, when he went nuts, the Jaguars' defense was pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. so I mean, I'm sure. I think he can get it done as long as he still gets the volume in those games. And I don't think they're going to let Tannehill screw it up for him. I think they're going to have to give him like 15, 25 carries somewhere in that neck of the woods. Well, the usage is there. You both make a valid point. So I guess it just depends on, it, for a listener, what's your record right now? What's your record right now? If you're if you're yeah. if you're a team that for some reason Derrick Henry's your best running back and you're just not winning and you need more yeah. firepower for the fantasy playoffs, 
Maybe you can trade him and get a wide receiver and a running back that fills your roster out better, right? Yeah, so yeah, you can I, sell him with the exact hey, this is why you should buy him. Right. Hey. So yeah, it is more about what's my record, what's my current roster construction. That's how trades always are to me. So yeah, <laughs> I gotta know the context of your situation. Oh, right? for sure. No, you're exactly right. Absolutely. So with that being said, it's time to get some start and sit and help our uh, listeners win this week. Are you gentlemen ready? All right, so we're going to start uh, Thursday Night Football Halloween game. We have the San Francisco 49ers going to Arizona. Let's start with you, Matt. Who are we starting and who are we sitting in this game? I am going to start Jimmy G because I believe this is a really handsome matchup for him. Arizona past defense has not been strong this year. I think to piggyback on that, this is going to be Kittle's sort of get-right game. Uh, Arizona's still really bad at covering tight ends, and yeah, he's going to eat. I'll start to G and reap the benefits. Uh, I'm going to sit Kyler Murray, because on the flip side, that Frisco D is really good. Uh, Thursday night game, defense travels. I think it's going to be a rough day for Kyler. Okay, I dig it. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I'm in the same boat with Kyler, same reasons, not much to talk about that. I'll sit him. Um... I'll actually, so I've heard that David Johnson actually might play. Still risky to start him for sure. I don't know that I would if I had to. No. But I would, I think I might throw a dart at Kenyon Drake just because he's a really capable pass catching back, especially. And David Johnson has had a monster production through the air this year as a receiver out of the backfield. So I think they traded for Drake because of that aspect of his game. And that they'll look to use it early and often often against a really good 49ers defense. Okay, I dig it. So for me, uh, I agree with uh, with uh, Matt. I'm going to start Jimmy G. I actually think he's the best streaming option this week over Tannehill, over Darnold. Uh, the problem I have is my, why I might want to lean Darnold or Tannehill over him is that I think the game script will be better for those two. I do think that... Jimmy G could get two touchdowns to Kittle in the first quarter, and you're having yourself a 20-point game. So don't get me wrong, but I think you might have that 300 yards, maybe three touchdowns from the other two guys in more competitive games. But I do think Jimmy G is a fine start if you need someone out there. He'll definitely do better, I think, than last week. My sit is the exact opposite of Lee. I'm going to sit Drake. I've just never been a big fan. Uh, Lee's points are super valid, and in PPR... You could do worse, that's for sure. The problem is it's a Thursday night game. We don't know what the usage is going to be. I kind of want to see it before I just throw them out there. But once again, we're in bye week Hades, so uh, you have to do what you have to do. If you are going to start Drake, make sure you're putting him in your RB1 or RB2 spot. Leave that flex ability open in your flex. Do not start him in your flex. Move him up. And move one of your better players down just in case injuries or something weird happens. All right. We have Houston and Jacksonville. There's no home team here. They're playing in London, although Jacksonville's played a little bit more games in London than Houston has. So we're going to start with you on you on this game. Matt, who are we starting and who are we sitting? I'm going to start Darren Fells. I think this is a spot start where you can get him. I have him just inside the 
top ten tight end this week because the Jacksonville Jaguars have been brutal against tight ends. I'm going to sit Carlos Hyde. Consensus in Creator Inc.'s ranks right now, he's 27. I have him at 31, which is outside RB2, kind of borderline flex territory. And then, yeah, I just don't want to play him. <laughs> no, for sure. I would want, because he is a flex, I would want more upside to my flex. For sure. Um, Lee, who are we starting and sitting with Houston, Jacksonville? Yeah, um, so I'll start Duke Johnson, actually, because I think you saw that upside again, and I think the Texans are starting to realize that Duke Johnson might be the more versatile back because he had a really good fantasy week last week. Yes, he did. And I, I just think he's the more talented player for sure. And um, same band as Matt, I'll, I'll say Carlos Hyde, same reasons. All right, so for me... First off, the the shark attack popped up with a quad injury today. It's Wednesday, so take that with a grain of salt. And Didi's been injured, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, players. I'm not I'm not making Didi my start. I'm telling you right now, traveling to London and injured is not easy. It's not good on your body. I'm not saying that Didi won't be able to play, but my start here is Chris Conley. I think Chris Conley is going to freaking ball out in this game. Houston is bottom four against the pass in the league, by the way. So their wide receivers are awesome plays this week. And I am with you, gentlemen. I am sitting Carlos Hyde. In fact, I'm trading Carlos Hyde off my freaking fantasy team if I can. So there you go. That's 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 a that's a sell now guy for sure. I would sell him for some magic beans right now. All right. Yeah. Uh, we've got the uh, Washington Redskins at possibly Dwayne Haskins' first start, by the way. Traveling to Buffalo. Lee, who are we starting and who are we sitting in this game? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I will start Devin Singletary. Oh, um, I like it. I like it. He looked decent in his first game back, and he played 68% of the snaps last week. And that was looking good versus the Eagles, Eagles as well. That was your Eagles, who were very good against the run. Yeah, he, he, a few carries, but he was very active in the passing game, which was good. Yes, sir. <laughs> and who are we sitting, sir? And then I will sit, um, I'll have to sit McLaurin. Especially if, if Haskins is in, I'll sit McLaurin. I'll probably sit him anyways. But the college chemistry is not translated over to the NFL yet. And Haskins kind of looks kind of lost out there. So I think against a really good Bills defense, you have to be kind of skeptical of any Redskins players. Um, but I think AP is still like a desperation start. Like he, he played really well against a good Vikings defense. So I think he can still get, have a nice output against the Redskins. Or not against, against the Bills. And he, was but, catching, uh, and he was catching passes too, man. Yeah, but McLaurin's a sit for me, sadly. Yeah. Okay. All right, Matt, what we got? Who we starting? Who we sitting? I'm going to start Lee's favorite player, John Brown. Washington uh, <laughs> secondary is... Awful. And if Josh Allen and John Brown are going to get it going, this is the game that's going to start it off. I think he's going to be a lot closer to that 25 mark than he is nine this week. I'm going to sit Scary Terry for the exact same reason. Tom Lucy is another one. A guy named Scary. No. <laughs> it's more about the Buffalo Day and if it's Haskins. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the report did come out today from players that it seems like it's going to be Haskins. So 
My start is going to be Cole Beasley. Actually, I think that uh, I think that Cole that the bees is starting to. He's there. I think he's a good. I think he's a great flex play. And I'm also going to sit Scary Terry, one of my favorite fantasy players. But don't worry. Don't worry your little head if you're a Scary Terry owner. Brighter times are ahead. Um, sit him. Don't play him this week. Now, for some reason, Keenum's cleared. I would not hate him in a flex, in a pinch, if you've got the bye week blues. Like, in one league, it's Julio's bye for me. So my flex right now is Walton. I would rather play Scary Terry if Case Keenum's playing in my flex than him. So every situation is different, but that's just that's an example for our listeners on what would happen if. But I'm I'm not even letting him sniff my lineup. I'd rather I'd rather watch the points happen on my bench than get a zero. It's just that's just me. After what I saw last week, Haskins just did not look ready. We have a uh, Minnesota and Kansas City. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to assume no Patrick Mahomes, although he's not ruled out yet. I'm just going to assume he's not playing. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Who are we going to start? Who are we going to sit in this game? I'm going to start Kirk Cousins. Uh, reason being, I saw what Aaron Jones did to Kansas City out of the backfield, and I think Dalvin Cook is going to do as good, if not better, than Aaron Jones did. And I think Kirk Cousins is going to greatly benefit from that. He also gets Thielen back, which is only going to help us if it is, for some reason, Mahomes with him, um, just to kind of keep that shootout rolling. And then I'm going to sit Sammy Watkins. Uh, don't get fooled about what he did against Green Bay last week. That was way more about staying away from Jair Alexander as Matt Moore and going to Kelsey and Watkins instead. So, yeah, I want zero parts. Continue watching this week. Okay. Lee, who are we starting and sitting? Yeah, so, um, well, first I want to bring up a funny thing. So you brought up Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones in the same same frame. And I actually made a bet at the beginning of the year with my friend. I might have talked about it. It was who would score more points per game, Dalvin or Aaron Jones. And uh, it's actually pretty close right now, interestingly enough, because Jones had those, like, monster 40-point games. Right. Whereas Dalvin has had those a lot of 25, like, 20 games. Right. So I'm only 15 points. I'm only about, um, I think it's like two and a half points per game back. Maybe even two, maybe even less. So that would be an interesting bet. Um, just wanted to bring that up. Um, and then, <laughs> All right. Game just, on. Yeah, just keep, keep it in mind. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I did I couldn't have hoped for the explosion like, like this year for either of them. I thought it would definitely be closer to like, RB5 or 10, but good for them. Good for both of them. Um, I digress, though. Um, I don't know. For this game, it, it kind of seemed to me like you start everyone and you sit at, you, you don't sit anyone, any outliers. But um, I guess my start would be Sammy Watkins because he's not like a normal guy, especially since injuries. And I think that they'll, they'll shade coverage more to Tyreek and Kelsey. And Watkins looked decent in his first game back with more. I think he had like eight targets. So that's something to look out for. And then my sit is just nobody. Um, I'm not getting like crazy with any like Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith or even Hard- I wouldn't start Hardman. So I guess maybe my sit can be Hardman. But for the most part, you're starting your guys and you're, and you're sitting any outliers. Okay. I'd say. I like it. Yeah, Hardman would be that's – a, that's a good sit, by the way, because it's, you're coming off a touchdown two weeks in a row. Uh, somebody might try to get cute thinking that's three. Statistically, that's not going to happen. 
Uh, for yeah. me, I'm with you, Lee. I'm going to start Sammy Watkins, and not because I like the Lizard King. Um, it's more because I saw the targets, and besides seeing the targets, I think Hardman is playing more snaps right now. Uh, not than Sammy, but he's just in, involved in the offense a little more than I think people thought would be when Sammy came back with Tyreek Hill. And I think that they're going to put Hardman with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins in at one time on this game, and they're going to throw him off, and I think Sammy's going to break a big play. Um, that's something that I see Andy Reid getting done. They need a big win, so I see some creative offensive alignments coming uh, Minnesota's way because Minnesota doesn't suck. They actually have a pretty good defense, even though they have gotten burnt on the passing a little bit. So I actually like Sammy for the reasons. And then for me, I'm sitting Shady McCoy. In fact, this is a guy that I'm also going to try to trade if he's on my team and try to get rid of him. I don't want him. I don't. I don't want to move forward and rely on him in the playoffs. It's just he doesn't look explosive. Maybe you can get some brand name, and he's with the KC Chiefs type uh, deal out of him, and you can get him off of your squad. We have a Jets in Miami. I I low key think this will be one of the better fantasy performances of the day. How messed up am I in the head? Uh, let's start with a. Let's start with you, Lee. Who are we starting, and who are we sitting? Yeah, I'll sit Robbie for just the same reasons you said. Not much to go on. Like, Sam Donald really likes him, and Miami has a really bad defense. And um, I'll sit Mark Walton because I really don't I, – I know five weeks have hit people pretty hard. So he's actually one of the bye week guys that I that I would start. But I do that, – that Jets defense has, has been horrible against running backs. And just the Miami offense is just so lackluster that – even even though he's the starting running back, it doesn't look great for me. So I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't go crazy on Starman. Start him over any other guys, really. Okay, Matt, who are we starting and sitting in this one? I'm opposed to Lee. I'm going to start Mark Walton. Uh, as mentioned, that Jets defense has not been great against running backs. I think Mark Walton's going to be able to exploit that, and I think Miami knows that they're going to try and keep that. Sam Darnold led offense off the field, and you got to grind it out to do it. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what too, if you're, oh, and and in the flex too, um, as a Mark Walton owner, he fumbled and they kept him in the game. So that's right. that's a positive sign as well. And is there anyone you're sitting in this game? Yes, I'm going to sit Devontae Parker. I don't think you can trust him. Uh, yeah, I just no, I don't want to start him. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, hey man, uh, me personally, I am going to start everyone in this game. Uh, I don't really have a sit. I guess I could kind of back up your Parker thought because I did have Parker on my bench in a league, but I dropped him for Deontay Johnson and I'm starting him in place of Julio this week. So I guess that shows how I think about Parker. Uh, I'm not confident, but the targets have been there. And I think that overall this will be a pretty good game uh, as far as fantasy points are, are concerned. We have uh, Chicago traveling to the filthy to take on Lee's Eagles. Matt, let's start with you. Who are we starting and who are we sitting in this game? I'm going to start Elshon Jeffrey. It's not just because it's a revenge game, but I think if you're going to need to beat Chicago, it's going to have to be kind of through the air and on the back of last I honestly think Alshon Jeffrey is not going to get the defensive attention that he needs. So he's going to be able to score and have a decent game. And I'm going to sit the Chicago defense. I think this is the game that Philly kind of gets right 
Um, Peterson just hasn't been play calling real well. And I think that's going to change against Chicago. And I have zero data to back this up. <laughs> okay. It's more of a gut feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, yeah, I don't see this going well for Chicago today. All right, Lee, what we got? Yeah, so I will start Carson Wentz. Um, I think, like, I kind of have that feeling, kind of like Matt just said, that things are starting to change a little bit. Um, they they put up 30-plus points against the Bills in a game that is 30-mile-per-hour wins. So, And I think that, that really can be attributed a lot to the, the resurgence of the run game. And I, I really do think that that's going to open up a lot of doors for Carson Wentz on play action. Um, and I, so I really think that he's a start, despite most people probably saying he should be sat. And then my son will be David Montgomery. Um, people saw the breakout. He's also a style for me, honestly. I, we didn't talk about it. But he had one big run that he couldn't take to the house because he's too slow. And, um, you know, they, they, they really, like, Nagy made it, to, made it a point to get him the ball. And you just really can't do that against the Eagles defense. There's too good of a run defense. So he's a guy that will struggle, and then it will have fantasy owners second-guessing themselves again. For sure, yeah. He's definitely a sit this week. Uh, that defense is just good. And and the only running backs I've seen really do well are shifty running backs, like Zeke and uh, Singletary. And that's why my start is Tariq Cohen this week. I actually think that Tariq Cohen is going to get some fantasy points against the Eagles' D. Nothing stupid, like he's not going to be like the number one or anything of that nature, right? And I'm getting just constant dings because my, my point is good. So, <laughs> my, my point is just that good. Yeah, funny stuff. Funny stuff indeed. So, that's who I think. I think Tariq Cohn could be a sneaky start, and chances are he's probably been dropped in a few leagues as well. Uh, so you might be able to pick him up for a spot start if you need help. And my sit is going to be Dallas Goddard. Um, I know he's on a he's a popular stream uh, for picking up. I even mentioned him as well. But I, Deshaun Jackson's going to come back and take some of those targets. So I want to see. Uh, I'm going to pick up Dallas Goddard to stash him to see if he's still heavily used after the offense is clicking on all cylinders and has all their weapons ready to roll before I put him in my lineup. So that is my sit, is Dallas Goddard. Um, India, the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Pittsburgh, both coming off wins. Uh, this uh, Two wins in a row for Indy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lee, let's start with you. Who are we starting, and who are we sitting in this one? Yeah, um, before I say that, one real, cl- real quick point I want to make about the Deshaun Jackson return uh-huh. is, is I, really, I really do think that that um, it's going to actually open the field more for a lot of those interior pass catchers. Um, and maybe not this game against a really good Bears defense, but I think that the ability of DJ to space in the field is going to do a, a, do wonders for Ertz and um, Ertz, Goddard, even Alshon. So I really think that he's going to be a much-needed addition to that Eagles pass offense. And so that's why I wouldn't like panic necessarily yet on Ertz. Like, I wouldn't sell low. I think you got to wait a little bit. But um, turn my attention to the Colts. Is um, my start would be T.Y. Hilton. He got um, the shadow treatment for Chris Harris, which is why he had a, like a down day. And another side point: Chris Harris has been absolutely dominant this season. He has, um, man. Yes, he has. Like outside of Tyree Kill, who had three for seventy and a touchdown, and he got beat on that like, it was like a, up, like out and up. I think it was. 
Um, Harris is the most he's led up to an opponent is four catches for 56 yards, which is just absurd. That he's got he's shadowed the best player every game, and he's he's played the likes of Devonte Adams. A Rob is having a great year, and he's just absolutely shut people down. So a lot of props to him. That's why um, alluding to my other uh, my sit up for the Browns will be probably OBJ, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then my uh, sit for Colts Steelers will be uh, Jalen Samuels or Connor. Um, which if, if Connor plays, I'll probably look. I'm not going to sit him, but just temporary expectations. The Colts are. Uh, Top ten run deep run fantasy run defense. So. They're very good. They're very very good. Like like uh, Jay, uh not, Royce Freeman got a touchdown, and other than that, it was four points for the dude. Like they like uh, he got in the end zone and that was it. Uh, what about you, Matt? Anything you want to add to this matchup? Yeah, so I'm going to start Deontay Johnson. I think he's the one that's going to be able to kind of get loose. Juju is going to get shadow treatment from the Colts cornerback. That's really good, but his name's escaping me. Uh, <laughs> so I think Deontay Johnson will be able to get something done. I, too, will be sitting in the Pittsburgh RBs, and that's exactly how I wrote it down because I have no idea which one's going to be the starter. Could be Connor, could be Samuels. Either way, I don't want to well, play him this week. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Connor's going to come in and get 80 yards and get re injured, and then it'll be Jalen Samuels. You're welcome. That's exactly what will happen. Uh, for me, uh, I've got a sneaky start right here. If you are in dire need of receivers and you got hosed on waivers, uh, I think that Zach Pascal's got a get-right game coming. The snaps are there. Something to pay attention to is not necessarily the performance. It's the snaps. 92% of the snaps last week. And homeboy can ball if given the opportunities. Last week was just a terrible passing game, period. Jacoby had 185 yards total, no touchdowns. So I just I think this is a get right game for the wide receiver cores. And my sit is going to be Juju. I know, but Zach Juju just went off. I finally started them versus Miami. It was Miami. It was Miami. You you reward him. You reward him by sending him to another team. That's how you reward that performance. Not by putting him as your wide receiver one now. I guarantee you, because of how baller Juju was last year, what just happened in that game, you could absolutely get a good player for him. I would trade Juju for T.Y. Hilton straight up if you could pull something like that off. There are a lot of deals that could be done with Juju, and I would start to get creative with it. He is a big sell for me. All right. We have the Titans going to Carolina. Uh, Titans off two wins in a row with Altanahill. Looking good. Carolina got their teeth kicked in by San Francisco. Matt, who are we starting and who are we sitting on this game? I am going to start DJ Moore. Uh, I know I sat him a couple of weeks ago. This is the week you can start him again with confidence. Tennessee's fast defense, not very good. Kyle Allen's looked great since coming over for Cam Newton. Yeah, I think this is DJ Moore's kind of remember me game. Uh, and then I'm going to sit. <laughs> A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Brian Tannehill. I just don't see it going well for them. I think if they're going to get any success, it's going to be on the back of Derrick Henry. And I think that bodes kind of poorly for the pass attack. Okay. Lee, who are we starting and sitting, sir? Yeah, so I will start Greg Olson. 
Um, the Titans have had a really good defense so far this year on the running back side and the wide receiver side. Like they're they're top ten, I think, in both uh, fantasy points against. Um, but they've been bottom half in fantasy points against the tight end. So I think this will be a nice bounce back game for Greg Olson after only having a couple catches the other day um, before the bye. No, I didn't know. They, they, no, that wasn't the buy. They just got killed, right? Right. By, by the 49 It was like a buy. Yeah, exactly. It was like a buy. The, yeah, that, that offense went to sleep. But it should be a bounce-back game for Greg Olson, I think. I still believe in him as a player. And I'll say um, A.J. Brown specifically, just because the, the target share just hasn't really been there. He, he's only He's had four targets in almost every game this season, a couple and, and another, and then he had eight two weeks ago. But he only had four this past week. I know he caught a touchdown, but he's just a guy that you can't you can't feel comfortable rolling out in your lineup. He just hasn't gotten the ball enough, and he hasn't been targeted. So he's there to break a big play, but he's not a guy you can trust. Valid point, my man. All right, we have, uh, for me, I think that Jonu Smith is the best play in this game. I think that dude is just him and Tannehill. That is just money in the bank. And I don't think Walker is going to play this week, so I really like him as a start if you're a tight end needy. And my sit's going to be Kyle Allen, man. I just, their kicker is such a good fantasy player for a reason. He's just not getting it done in the red zone. And the Titans' red zone D is pretty darn good. Unless DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel breaks a big one, I think it's going to be like a three field goals, one touchdown kind of day for Carolina. So uh, I'm all about sitting Kyle Allen, and I'm probably going to start. Go pick up Jimmy G. Start him instead. Uh, I would even start Darnold over him. Uh, And I would also start Tannehill, the man playing against him. We have Detroit traveling to Oak Town. Lee, who are we starting and sitting in this game? Yes, so um, first off, this is a really good bet. Detroit's underdogs, and I think they're going to kill the Raiders, um, personally, but that's, that's my opinion. And um, so I'll be starting, <laughs> right. starting Tyrell Williams. The dude just takes it to the house. I mean, he's scored in every, in every game he's been healthy. Every game he's played, he's scored. And I, I don't see it changing, honestly. And, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start Tyrell, and I'll, I'll feel pretty good about it. And then I will sit Lions RBs, like kind of like I alluded to earlier. I, I don't know who to trust there yet. Um, you got to wait it out. You can't feel comfortable rolling any of them out. All right. Matt, who are we starting and sitting in this game? I'm going to start TJ Hawkinson. There's just bad fantasy defense everywhere on the field in this game. And I think you can exploit it with like a TJ Hawkinson. I think he's going to be able to kind of do what Stafford needs him to do, which is get first downs and touchdowns. And then I'm going to sit nobody. I know. Trey Carson, Ty Johnson, it looked weird last week. I think you can start them. Oakland's run defense isn't that great. Um, one of them is going to go off. I don't know which one. I would bet Wait, on I Trey think Oakland's run defense is good. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Let me double check on that. <laughs> it's uh, it's not, it's not like top five, but it's middle of the road, isn't it? It's got orange. It the color is orange, not green or red. It's like right in between. Oh, is that right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're yeah they're they're eighteen the eighteenth run defense. So it's like middle of the road for sure. Yeah. yeah. Not, good. But not bad. Not bad. 
I dig it. I dig it. Thanks for proving my point, Lee. No. <laughs> so I do think one of I, I, I would bet Trey Carson's going to be able to fall into the end zone at least one time. Okay. All right. I, the, you know, the best comparison I can give him is a poor man, Sony Michelle. So that would be the one I would have the most confidence playing. And that I, that's not too confident, but that's the one if I was going to. Um, for, for me, my start is I'm going to start both little bitty white slot receivers, uh, Amendola and Hunter Renfro. I think they're both a thing. <laughs> you like that, Matt? <laughs> uh, I think they're both guys are going to have a good game. Hunter Renfro blew it up last week, and so did Amendola. I like both. And I'm going to sit the Detroit running backs, and it's not because I don't think I I know one of them is going to get a touchdown. I could feel it. I just don't know which one, and I can't, in good conscience, tell you to play one because I don't know which one it's going to be. Now, if you want to be a baller, and let's say you picked up Trey Carson on waivers this week, there's a chance that the Ty Johnson owner dropped Ty Johnson. So, if you want to be ahead of the game, why not pick him up too? If you have the bench space, hold both to see what happens this week and then make a decision accordingly. That would be an idea that, that would be how I played the Detroit backfield this week, is trying to get both assets without spending any fab or trade money or any of that good stuff, personally. Uh, we have Tampa Bay traveling to Seattle. And uh, this just in, Jameis Winston has thrown three more interceptions during this podcast. Um <laughs> Let's start with you, Matt. Who are we sitting and who are we starting in this one? In no particular I'm gonna, order. I'm going to start Donkey Kong Metcalf. <laughs> I think you can. Um, Tampa's pass defense is still really bad against quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. But they're extremely good against running backs. That leads me to my sit of Chris Carson. Now, I get it. You can't actually, like, physically sit him, but I've said this with pretty much every running back against Tampa Bay, and it's worked out, so I'm just going to keep doing it until it doesn't. <laughs> okay, I dig it. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lee, who are we starting and sitting in this one? Did I lose Lee? I think we lost him, Matt. Hello, <gasps> there he I'm is. Here. There he is. It sounded like you were hey. underwater. Finding Nemo. I'm back now. All right. So who are we starting and sitting for Tampa and Seattle? Yeah, so um, I'll start Jameis Winston because while I don't think he's a great quarterback, he is usually a pretty good fantasy quarterback. And even with however many picks he had, he still put up, I think, 20 points in most leagues. And so I think... I think and Seattle's pass defense is actually bottom ten. Yeah. Uh, in fantasy points against. So yeah, so I'll start Jameis Winston. I have to in the league and I'll fire with it. Okay. And then I will sit Chris Carson. Yeah. For Matt's for Matt's reasons. Alright, dig it. Alright, for me, um my start is kind of a desperation play, but I think that every once a month he's like the hot running back commodity and that's Ronald Jones. So this is uh, this is his time of the month. <laughs> This is time of the month. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jones' time of the month to shine. I think. I think think it's going to be a good, a good, good, good game for for Ronald Jones. And 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to trade for Jameis Winston today. Like, I'm going to listen to this podcast right now, and I'm going to look and see who the Jameis Winston owner is. I'm going to get him because his schedule is actually really good down the stretch. I'm not going to start him this week on the road personally, but I am going to start him a lot more moving forward if I need quarterback help. I'm a fan of Jameis and his uh, ROS, but I just, on the road, I just, I'm not digging it, but... Like like what Lee said, is he does have a pretty safe floor. So there are worse options out there. I'm just not feeling it as much as he is this week. Uh, Browns and Denver. Holy smokes, who is this guy starting quarterback for Denver? And did they just assume that Kyle Allen's doing well? So hey, we've got an Allen. Let's go. We can do this. Is that is that the myth, is that the mythology here? <laughs> so, Kyle Allen's brother. No. Yeah. <laughs> So, Lee, who are we starting and sitting? Spoiler alert, you gave us one earlier. Yeah, I gave you one. So, I'm, I'm starting um, I'm starting Jarvis. Again, I think it's Chris Harris Island for OBJ. And Baker's got to look somewhere. So, while I do think they'll run the ball a hell of a lot, and, like, Chubb is a superstar for me, like, I think he could have 25 fantasy points. But I'll start Jarvis Landry, and I feel, I feel pretty good about it. And then I'll sit OBJ and Sutton. Because, number one, you really don't know what to expect with Brandon Allen. Um, and uh, and the Browns defense has been pretty – like it's been like middle of the road, which is better than most – or which is average. So um, – and then OBJ is going to be on Harris Island. And while he's – obviously he's got the talent to break off a big one like Tyree Kill did. Like, like a lot of tried and a lot of failed. So uh, I'm going to send him again. I'm sending – I'm playing John Brown over him in, in a league. Okay, I dig it. Matt? OBJ is another dude I'd be willing to sell. He just hasn't looked right all year. Baker looks sketchy. And Lee, thanks for stealing the thunder on my OBJ point, but I'm also going to sit him for the Harris Island reason. That's why I said, darn you. Uh, And then I'm going to start Royce Freeman. I think this is one of the games where you kind of need to grind something out. And Philip Lindsay is not your grinder. Royce Freeman is. I think this is a Royce Freeman week. All right, I'm with you. Um, Royce Freeman, touchdown, two weeks in a row. He had zero touchdowns on the year, and it's it's fallen his way. And his snap percentage is up. That's my start as well, Royce Freeman. I think Denver is going to pound the rock to protect this, uh, this quarterback, Allen, and uh, get some play action going. So I see Royce Freeman catching passes. It's just going to be Royce Palooza. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm going to sit Jarvis Landry uh, and Odell. I'm not playing wide receivers against Denver right now. Not after what I saw versus the Colts. Because Jacoby Brissett's been playing lights out, man. And that was... He got shut the frick down, man. And I think Jacoby's a better quarterback right now than Baker's shown that he can be. So I'm just going to... you know, Two and two equals four for me. So no Jarvis Landry. Can I come in either. and like, will you digress real quick? Yeah, sure. I was going to sit Baker, and then I looked up, and he's QB 28 in the year. This is brutal. Yeah, he shouldn't even be rostered. That's what I'm saying. He shouldn't even be rostered. You can't even say sit. It's like it's like last week, Chris gave us a good sit, but it was a tight end that shouldn't be rostered. You know what I mean? Like Trey Burton, I think. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to get rid of him, dude. Like, he, you, go. Yeah. No. Please bail on him. Other, other digression. Brandon Allen was the backup in Los Angeles behind Jared Goff in the preseason, and he looked pretty darn good in his couple of 
showings. I know it's against like defense, second strings and third strings, but he looks competent at least. And I think that doesn't like rule out <laughs> Sutton as a possible just keep him in there and see what happens. I would rather him go nuts with Brandon Allen in my lineup than on my bench. Based okay. on how he's done all year. So Okay, right, so so Matt says to drop Baker Mayfield and pick up Brandon Allen right now is what yes. I <laughs> No. No. All right. Uh, Packers and Chargers. Let's start with you, Lee. Who are we starting and sitting in this game? Um, yeah. Um, another another one of my favorite bets this week. They're at Packers are minus three and a half because Vegas, for some reason, thinks that the Chargers are playing a home game. Which just is not true at all, Matt. I'm sure you'll agree that there's going to be a ton of Packers fans traveling. Oh yeah, and it's not it's not even be close to a home game for them, which is kind of funny, yeah. honestly. And kind Wait, of who's favored in this one? What's up? Who's favored? Packers are favored, but it's only three and a half. Yeah, it should oh, be. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It should be right. thirteen and a half. Yeah, so it's a, it's a great bet. I, I put a decent amount of money on it this week. But um, so my start, will, uh, however, will be Mike Williams. Um, kind of for the reasons I alluded to earlier, I really think he's got to get more involved in this offense, um, especially in the red zone. And I think hopefully the OC sees that. And then uh, my sit will be, this is more assuming that Devontae Adams plays this week, but my sit will be any receiver not named Devontae Adams or, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, just because I think those guys will take a, will take a back seat with Devontae back. And I don't know that I would trust any of them. Like, where maybe you could could have trust Lazard in a deep league, or if you picked up Kumaro. I really don't think that you can trust those guys with Devonte back. All right, thank you, sir. Like it. What you got for us, Matt? I'm gonna start MG3, Melvin Gordon. I think he's gonna be able to kind of expose the lack of Packers run defense, just like some of the other running backs have been able to do. I think Eckler's usage is starting to kind of drop. And with the OC change, I think it's going to be a lot of the Melvin Gordon show. So I would trust him to start against the Packers because if I'm, if I'm the Chargers, I'm going to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And the only way to do that is to sustain drives with your running back or your tight end. So I think Hunter Henry could be a really good play as well. But he's kind of obvious, so that's why I didn't say him. I'm going to sit Austin Eckler. I know we just talked about it. But it's not just the usage, though. Packers have been able to kind of stuff the shiftier of the running backs, and Austin Eckler is definitely that. So I think, yeah, this is going to be a bad Eckler game and a really good Melvin Gordon game. All right, Okay, all right. So for me, um, I actually, I'm a t- I'm a, I study thing when I when I when I break down start sits. One of the things I do is I look at snaps. Um, I like to try to give – I'm a tale of what, if the player's on the field, right? Because what does that mean? In a, in a lot of cases, if a player's on the field, that means you're going to have more opportunities. And I've seen two weeks in a row um, Lazard out-snap Allison and MVS. And I think Devontae Adams will come back this week, and I'm still starting. I think Lazard is still going to be something. I think he's still – I think Lazard is still going to be – fantasy relevant and the other two are going to take a back seat uh, with Devontae Adams so that is my that is my start that is my Hail Mary go pick him up right now because he's been dropped because of whatever I think he will be fantasy relevant I really do 
The snaps are there, man. There's a reason. There's a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. And my sit, I'm not going to play MVS, and I'm not going to play Allison for that reason. I just think those guys have been too up and down. I, I think Lazard has Aaron Rodgers' trust, and I'm intrigued to see what it's going to look like with Adams back. I think that the I'm going to give you a homer prediction real quick. Okay, please. Marquez Valdez-Scantling plays outside on one side. Alan Lazard on the other, and then Devontae moves to the slot. Geronimo Allison goes to the bench. Okay, that that's something I could that see. Would be my I, that could see. I could see that absolutely being a thing for for absolutely. I, I like I said. I, I do think he's going to be very much fantasy relevant still. Uh, I really do, just from what I've seen in the as far as snaps go. The production hasn't been there. He was basically robbed of a touchdown last week. I know what you're. I know you know what I'm talking about, right, Matt? <laughs> Yeah, he was in. <laughs> they were they were going to challenge though, based on the way they had run the roster. Right, right. All right. So Sunday night football, we have the Patriots traveling to Baltimore. Matt, who are we starting and sitting in this game? Oh, what did I write down? I said start. Got so dark, I can't read. James White. Ah, uh, this is a James White game. I think he's going to be able to kind of expose the Baltimore defense for what it is. I don't think this is a Sony Michelle game because I don't think he's been grinding in Baltimore. I think you got to swing out, do short, quick things and screens, and I think that plays into James White's skill set. And then I'm going to sit Lamar Jackson because I've seen every quarterback go against New England and look like trash. So I think it's Lamar Jackson's turn. Okay. Lee, what you got for us? Yeah, um, same sit as Matt. Um, same reasons, too. <laughs> and then... Um, my, my start will be Sanu. Um, I think they, they eased him into the offense last week. He only played like 50, 50 a little bit more than 50% of the snaps, I'm pretty sure. But um, they traded a second-round pick for him for a reason. They really think they really thought they needed a resurgence in the, um, in the passing game. And from what I've seen, at least recently, is – and, you know, my Sony Michelle bias, but they used the first-round pick on him. He hasn't, he hasn't looked great. And they're still continuing to use him. So I think Masanu is a good player, and I think that they, they're going to feel the pressure to use him um, in that offense. Okay, I like it. So for me, I have a proclamation that I'm going to give real quick. And the proclamation is that the Ravens are going to run all over the Patriots. It's bold. It's bold, Cotton. I know. But my start in this game is... I like the Raven running backs a lot. I think that to beat Tom Brady and to beat them, they're going to have to literally try to beat them in the submission. And I think that good coaching, they've had two weeks to kind of game plan for that. On the flip side of that, I do think that Lamar Jackson is going to have a not great game. I'm not saying that Baltimore is going to win. I think it's going to be close. And I think Baltimore is going to have to settle for a bunch of field goals. I think this is a Justin Tucker game. My sit is going to be Mark Andrews. I think that what Belichick's going to take away is going to be Mark Andrews. I think that that's where it's he's going to hurt the Ravens, where they fall short on third downs and in the goal line, is that that's the guy he's going to take away. And and then obviously Hollywood is going to be shadowed, so that's that you don't even have to even mention that as a sit, right? That's just that's just a, that's a given. It's a given you don't play Hollywood. So so that's my thoughts on the game. So I think the running backs will be relevant because it'll be close. And in Baltimore, is, it's, I don't care who you are, it's not easy to win in Baltimore. Never has, never will be. Uh, Dallas, traveling to New York. 
Lee, who are we starting and who are we sitting in the final Monday night game of the week? The final game of the week, which is the Monday night game, excuse me. Yeah, so um, I will start Dak. Um, I know that he's had back-to-back not great fantasy weeks. But, um, I mean, I think he's been an elite fantasy quarterback this year, especially with his rushing ability. And I think he'll get back on track against a really bad Giants pass defense. And then um, I'll sit Darius Slayton. The Cowboys' pass defense has been really good against fantasy wide receivers. And while I think he's a speculative ad because of his chemistry with Daniel Jones, for sure, um, I don't know that you can trust him this week against the the Cowboys' defense. Okay, I like it, man. Matt, what do we got? My start is going to be Michael Gallup. Um, Kind of piggybacking on the Dak point, I think this is kind of a get-right game for the Cowboys' passing offense. Not that it's been, like, broken by any means, but the last two weeks have looked kind of rough. Um, and that New York Giants defense isn't much of a defense at all. So I actually have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver one on the week. Um, just so you can check out my rankings on Create Rank. They're there. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> but I would start Michael Gallup because I do think he's also going to be able to get something done. And then my state is actually nobody. Um, Daniel Jones has looked good. He's going to be able to find something to keep him relevant, whether it's his rushing floor or getting a couple of passing touchdowns. Golden Tate is going to be just fine. He's kind of a that nice possession guy, good security blanket for Jones. And, if you, I mean, you're never going to sit Saquon. You're never going to sit Zeke. The only sit would be, like, Jason Witten, but he hasn't been any good anyway. So, Right on. Yeah, go pick up, uh, yeah, go pick up Johnny Smith instead of Jason Witten. Yes. Um, all right, so for me... Uh, obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan, and there's one thing I know about seeing every Cowboys game every year for as long as I've been alive, that all Tate does is score touchdowns versus the Cowboys. Uh, I think th- that Golden Tate is a great start this week, even though the Dallas secondary has been pretty good. I, uh, I- I'd like him to get a touchdown because that seems to be what he always does. And my sit is also on uh, with-, with Lee. Slayton had two catches for two touchdowns last week. So, yeah, they, yeah, that's awesome, but that's two catches for two touchdowns. And Shepard might come back. I like Slayton a little bit is, is maybe a flex if you're needy, if, if Shepard doesn't play. But if Shepard's playing, no way. I'm out on it completely. So, that is it. That is week nine. In the books, the starts and the sits. If you enjoyed this episode, do us a favor. Uh, leave a review. Leave a comment. Tell us about what you think about this show so we continue to grow this thing and, more importantly, improve and get better. If you have any questions, our DMs are open. Uh, I try to get on Twitter for about two hours every Sunday morning and answer start-sit questions, so feel free to fire them my way. I'm actually uh, doing really good with my responses so far, so I'm uh, I'm impressed with myself. So uh, keep the the questions flowing like the Salmon of Capistrano. This is Matt, this is Lee, and Zach, and we are out. Peace. Peace.